to Expounded Universe, Episode 3, Rendar Unto Shizor. What is Shizor's? Your hosts, Jeff and John, the novel, Shadows of the Empire, by Steve Perry. <coughs> the year, 1996. Chapters 7 through 9. Let's go. Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? <laughs> Pulls everyone Shizor. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. All right, here we go. Expounded universe. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What are we doing right now? Is that the uh, Hey a- Arnold theme? Yeah. Damn. Movie football head. <laughs> hey Arnold. <laughs> What's up with the people like flirting with him through windows and stuff as he walks through the city anyway? Because that's what that voice is. The, hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? <laughs> yeah, because what it really is missing is, I forget that actress's name, but it was, hey, Arnold, why don't you come up and see me sometime? <laughs> that was, uh, I don't know what you're doing there. I think I'm doing the Flash TV show's Captain Cole. You're doing some snart. Snart <laughs> is flirting with Arnold. A little Leonard snart. Hey, Captain. Hey, Arnold, football head. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? I'll give you a cold reception. Man, now I, I really just want an intro to that show that is Barry Allen walking down the street and then all of his rogues like poke, poking their heads out the window going like, Hey, Barry. Hey, Arnold. I'm Heat Wave. I'm incongruously famous in this world. <laughs> He's gotten Heat Wave ever since they killed off Snart on Legends of Tomorrow. That that Heat Wave character. Oh my god! Spoilers. He, they, he steps. Oh, you haven't seen that yet? No. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it for you. But uh, yeah, you ruined it. You I, ruined, I ruined shitty DC TV. I, for I me. apologize for ruining the CW for you. Have you watched Archie yet? Can I ruin that? Uh, I have not, and will not. I really hope that they cross Archie over with the DC stuff. Yeah, I really hope that Legends of Tomorrow land in Riverdale. Or that would whatever. be great. I mean, uh, normally Archie is a Marvel thing. I mean, that's where he meets the Punisher and stuff like that. Yeah. And no, there is a Punisher TV show coming, so I guess we can all hope. We can all have a little bit of hope. Oh, man. If they just, before the opening credits in the first episode, if it's just John Bernthal killing off uh, Jughead, that would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be great if they just got one of the actors from that show to come on and be a bad guy. You ate one hamburger too many. (laughs) (laughs) You've ruined Pop's Diner for the last time. Blaff. Blaff. Yeah, that's what that's what my gun does. Zach Blaff. Zach Blaff. Yeah, Zach Blaff. <laughs> and then and then you get a shitty career. <laughs> but you get to kickstart a lot of your own movies. So yeah, that's so you know you got something going going for you. you. That's true. Anyway, John, we read chapters seven through nine. Boy, howdy, did we of, ever of uh, Shadows of the Empire and. You know, folks have started to take to the internet to talk to us about the show, and the biggest complaint we're getting so far is, this is going way too slow? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, we're savoring it. We're savoring every single mm. sexy minute of it. But I'll tell you what, folks, if we ever get the, uh, the this show's own Patreon off the ground, the first goal will be weekly. Yeah. So we'll double the speed if you give us some money. Double up. Double uh. it. We'll double it. Uh, double <laughs> so- up. Uh, uh. <laughs> Hey, yo, I'm really funny looking. Wait, different song, but still. Different song. But still, I enjoy that song. I, I defend myself by saying the digital underground is great. Yeah, that's great. You can do that. Thank you. 
<laughs> I can't name another Digital Underground song. Yeah, of course you can't. Can anyone? Can you? Can, no one. Not, not even Digital Underground. Like I, I would have figured you might be able to, since you that's like one of your karaoke go-tos. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, I can't remember names of songs very well at all. But that song is called The Humpty Dance. It's not, it's not hard to forget. No, but I, I'm saying other songs. <laughs> I, I know. All right. So uh, what's going on with our, with our World of Shadows of the Empire? We're, let's see. When we last left our heroes... Uh, they were blasting off into space to visit the gas yeah, once giant. again. <laughs> yes, Team Rocket was blasting off once again. That'll be the full extent of Pokemon references out of me because I don't know anything about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, the kids so, sure are playing some cell phone Pokemon game about a year ago. That's that's sure a thing that was the thing. Yeah, the uh, the chapter basically ended with they had the brilliant plan of. I know, let's take like a dozen X-Wings and attack two Star Destroyers. That <laughs> yeah. was their brilliant plan. Yeah, they're going to go after two Star Destroyers with a dozen X-Wings, not to kill the Star Destroyers, but to distract them, I think, so that the Millennium Falcon can do- go down to the surface of a moon orbiting the gas giant. Yeah, where they think Slave One is, because yes. Dash Rendar is going to show them where that is. So they're going to try and hunt down Boba Fett. Yeah, and rescue Han Solo, which I'm sure will be successful because, as we know, the uh, it, Revenge or Return of the Jedi starts with Han Solo free from the Carbonite. Yeah, it's it's the problem with reading one of these interstitial books, books is there's zero amount of like, oh, I wonder if they'll do this. I'm like, no, they fail. I know they fail. Well, okay, they they could rescue him. It'd be pretty great if this book had him get rescued pretty early on and, and then just refrozen <laughs> <in> Carbonite. <laughs> How about if they manage to free him from, from Carbonite, and in two steps he just walks into a different Carbonite machine? Oh no, I was I was one hundred percent imagining him being like, "Ah, oh, thanks, you guys. That was a real whoa!" And then he just falls backwards into a Carbonite machine, <laughs> and then it just falls into Boba Fett's ship. Yoink! <laughs> Yoink! He says in my approximation of Boba Fett's voice, since he doesn't really have a famous one. No, actually, now he kind of sounds like a New Zealand guy. <laughs> Yoink! <laughs> Yoink! He'd say. <laughs> Well, he is. I've got to take Han Solo. <laughs> he's voiced by Tamuera Morrison. He's a bit more on the Maori side of the New Zealand oh, voice. Nah, he's he is he's just very nice and timid. He's, he's got a Taika Waititi or Jermaine Clement accent, is yeah. what you're trying to say here. That is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh wait, who's the boss? Morin Mori or whatever from from Yeah uh, Mori. Yeah, from Fly the Concords. That would be the perfect voice for Boba oh, Fett yeah. to have. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. <laughs> Perfect. Let's just keep that going forward because we're going to meet Boba Fett in this book yeah, eventually. Well, we've we've decided it. <laughs> that's that's Boba Fett for you. It's settled. We have to do cool voices for everybody. But uh, anyway, Chapter Seven doesn't start with a continuation of the "Let's Fly to Czar" storyline. Instead, we get to hang out with Darth Vader. That is, oh Darth, I love you so much. So- Every time you show up in this. <laughs> You're great. You're not as great as Shizor, but no. you're still great. Who could be as great as Shizor? Mighty <laughs> who, Shizor. Who among the galaxy? <laughs> Prince Shizor, fabulous whore. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. You almost made it. No, I'm still pretty sure that's right. No, Prince Shizor, fabulous boar. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Shizor. I, I think they're both pretty correct. <laughs> so Vader is destroying incredibly awesome lightsaber droids. Yes, he has had custom-built, super-deadly droids that have the training of a hundred sword masters within them, and they're stronger and faster than a normal human would be. It, it says they could easily defeat a score of stormtroopers. Well, each one again, of them- 
<laughs> Who cares? I know, but here, here, let, let, I'm going somewhere with this, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, don't, don't. Uh, sir, your your droid kicked me in the nard, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, your droid gave me a swirly. <laughs> <laughs> it indicated that I was an inferior life form, sir. <laughs> sir, the the droid took my gun and told me I don't deserve it. <laughs> but here's my here's my question I have from this. This is a serious question is. If he's ordering these amazing lightsaber fighting droids by the dozen, why isn't he just sending them to the front line where they apparently would just kick a raw and remarkable amount of ass? Yeah, that is one of those questions that you get in these uh, these chapters that I've seen so far is everyone keeps going like, oh, well, I've done a whatever and I've got this thing that's insanity. And you're like, okay, but why isn't that used then? Like, if this exists, then fucking use it. I mean... These droids that he's building can fight with actual lightsabers, which we've established aren't that big of a deal as, uh, on our way through Shadows of the Empire, given that they are made out of stuff from like garage sales and an easy bake oven. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, made out of stuff from garage sales. <laughs> Old vinyl records and some... Uh, Baby clothes. Some, some moldy teddy bears, <laughs> a few cassette tapes, and you got yourself a kyber crystal. I built myself this lightsaber out of a backyard kiddie pool, <laughs> a couple of boogie boards, and a broken transformer. <laughs> All you need to do is take a bunch of Monopoly money, but not all the Monopoly money, because you'll never find that in, in one of them you'll find at a garage sale, <laughs> a CD tower, and a 19-inch RGB CV, or, or one of those monitors that's not a flat those screen CRT. A CRT monitor. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of CRT. You're welcome. Cathode ray tube monitor. There you go. There it is. <laughs> then you can make a lightsaber. Then you've got a lightsaber. <laughs> Ooh, you don't know Jack for the PlayStation 1. I bet I could make a bunch of lightsabers out of this. Ooh, baby, you put that in some broth, you got a kyber crystal cooking. <laughs> okay, but but uh, seriously, these droids are like the world's greatest warriors outside of Darth Vader, and apparently they could be easily mass-produced. Well, he, yeah, he orders them by the dozen. And he's getting ready to order another dozen real soon. Yeah, because, I mean, it goes in and he, he spends... Just paragraphs going on about how badass these things are, how yes. their programming is amazing. And, and here's the thing. I know people are already thinking to themselves, well, it's because they're really, really, really expensive and stormtroopers are cheap. And, and all I can think in response to that is, yeah, but you know what is also super cheap is ships that fly through space that don't require oxygen or pressurization huh. or heat because they're just full of droids. Yeah. You have a droid flying a bunch of droids somewhere. Yeah. And then when they get there, they don't need food or nothing or training or whatever because they were pumped out of a mold. Also, like, these are cheaper than clones. Yeah, no, these are, well, I mean, these are shock troopers, really. Yeah. If you want to have someone who's like, oh, we need to have dudes who will, like, take a point and be there for a while and deal with stuff. Droids like, are great for that. Well, no, not these droids. Well, no, but it, apparently- These are not the droids that I am looking no, for No, it's for true. That. You're, you're looking for droids that would have, like, guns or whatever instead of just lightsabers. Yeah. But even then, how- I mean, lightsaber seems like it'd be harder to program a droid to fight with than gun. I mean, I, I know people are going to think now, well, they tried that already. That's what those fucking useless battle droids were in Phantom Menace. But here's the thing. Battle droids are just the, the nerdy stormtrooper of the, uh, the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, my head came off and I'm chicken running around. Can I go home? Aw. <laughs> Sir, that's that's what they they're useless. They're shit droids. These things are apparently unbelievably awesome, at least if the book is to be trusted. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Vader himself is like, oh well, you know, these are the only things that I can spar with that will give me a run for my money. Yeah. And now I've got to do an upgrade on them because it's becoming too easy to even beat these. And, and here's the thing. I want to give Steve Perry some credit here for writing an, an unbelievable number of awesome journey songs. 
Uh, but I- I'm sorry, I want to give this Steve Perry a little bit of credit for the fact that he managed to describe Vader's fighting style in a way that is badass, but still kind of sounds like the way Vader fought in the movies, mm-hmm. which is sort of like a kid hammering away at a xylophone as hard as he can. <laughs> you know, just, just ding, ding, ding. Just that his fighting style was kind of I hate this dough. Yeah, no. Uh, Vader's fighting style is definitely relying on raw power mm-hmm. rather than being finesse based. Well, yeah. And when he when he first starts talking about it, it's like, oh, the hundreds of sword masters that are programmed into here, and it it will definitely do all of these whatever moves. And then it he beats it by just being like, yeah. And then I I whack it, and then it can't stop me because I'm too powerful. I fuck Ex- him up. Exactly. He gets locked swords with it, and then he just pushes harder than the droid can resist, and so his lightsaber eventually pushes into the droid. Yeah. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem like a whole lot of Swordmaster training when it is required for the fact that you're just stronger than that droid. I mean, yes, there are uh, some descriptions of him like doing maneuvers and the yeah, droid doing like, V-stepping and stuff. Crazy nonsense. Yeah. But- but his description is it's always it's it's dead on for how Vader fights, which is like, and then he did a big old horizontal baseball bat swing that hit the droid really fucking hard, and then he just whacked away at it like he was trying to get the back off it so he could put new batteries in the droid. Huh? <laughs> then he's then he gave it the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the whole scene is just for me it's again one of those uh, those telling scenes of. This is what Steve Perry thinks people need to know to make someone a badass. Instead of, like, having someone outside of the scene showing him duel with this robot and they know about the robot, mm-hmm. it's Vader, Vader has to just be going it. like, man, I'm so badass, though. God, I'm like, I'm fighting this robot. Let me tell you how badass it is. I'm better. This yeah. is easy. It's it's a real problem where it seems like the author, where Steve Perry here, was was obsessed with economy of scale, where he didn't want to put a lot of extra characters into every story. So it's always some character narrating to themselves about how great they are. Yeah, there is never anyone that comments on someone else. I mean, that's going to come up in a bit, actually. Well, Ch- Chewbacca's got some fun shit to say about Dash Rendar that we need to <laughs> talk about. But but yeah, most of the time, especially with the bad guys, it's just the bad guys smugly narrating their own greatness. Yeah. And Which that, is weird for Vader. That's It's just an odd concept. Like, I mean, at least with Shizor, I can almost see that he would be sitting there constantly jerking himself off mentally about how great he is. Yeah. But Vader would be like, all right, I'm going to fight this droid to get better. Oh, I beat it. Okay, I should make better ones. Anyway, bye. And Vader, I'm not thinking about how awesome I am. Yeah, well, he wouldn't, because Vader fucking hates himself. He's, I mean, that's, he's just a sad sack with a lot of power. He is. He's real sad about his situation. He is not a big fan of Vader. No. So, anyway, at the end of this, he I love this. He he walks off. He, he's like, uh, clean this up. And then he walks off. He's talking to some attendant or yeah. something. Clean this up. And then it says, he strides away. He does not look back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course he doesn't look back. What is he? Would it make him less badass if he questioned the functionality of his janitorial staff? Yeah. What, are we, what is that for? <laughs> he left some change out, even though he knew the maid was coming. <laughs> he did not call to tell her not to take it. I just, I, it's not like, oh, there was a huge explosion and he didn't look back. It was, there was some trash on the floor and he did not look back at it. Oh, good. Thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> what a rebel. <laughs> My goodness. What a badass. What an unbelievable, like, that is like a stone cold Steve Austin move is to walk away from garbage and not look at it. <laughs> <laughs> truly the rock would be in awe. Yes, truly. <laughs> All right. So that's that's Vader's scene for this chapter. There he was. Oh, I'm going to destroy these robots, and then I will walk away. And you know what? If they're still on the ground, that's good. 
Man, when you first started that, you were kind of British there. You go, oh, I'm going to beat these robots, I will. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm proper chef to be able to beat them. <laughs> Sorry. I have my, in my head, Vader is Bob Hoskins. <laughs> in my head, Vader is Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> these robots are underproved and underbaked. <laughs> You really need to bring your flavors together. You, you've got some uh, soggy bottom on your kyber crystal there. Could use about ten more minutes in no, the you're, easy bake oven. You're making him Australian. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I mean, you know, he's actually Welsh. I mean, that's when you get down to the real beginnings of him. Right on down to it. Yeah, because David Prowse was a big weird Welshman, and you could watch the original t- the like uh, takes of him doing the voice, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so here we go. Luke's in his X-Wing, and he's getting ready to, to lead the... Okay, so first of all, let's talk about that. Yeah. He, he, why is he in... In this chapter, he's leading Rogue Squadron to go harass these Star Destroyers. Yeah, Luke is Rogue Leader in this. He's Rogue Leader. Wedge is still there. Wedge has been the Rogue Leader for probably about a year and some at this point at least yeah it was, uh, luke is rogue five or something like that if i i don't even think he's in rogue squadron i think he's red five yeah he wasn't in rogue squadron and he has been dicking around on swamp planet and just being kind of a goofball for he's, a while now. he spent the past six months bumming in his uncle's abandoned like uh oh yeah. condo unit he's he's been hanging out in palm springs like <laughs> cooking kyber crystals and getting high and watching SpongeBob. <laughs> like that's, yet, that's it. Yeah. And then the moment he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to fly X Wings with you guys. They're like, oh, you're in charge. You're definitely. Wedge, get out of there. Get out of that good one. Get, get, in, a, get in a worse X Wing, Wedge. <laughs> Wedge, you're not Rogue Leader anymore. I know that we've spent all this time following your orders and that. Getting all know, cohesive there's a, there's a, with the team. There's a good good team order here, but. Uh, and you're also the only other X Wing pilot that survived the first Death Star. Yeah. But, uh, but you know what, though? Luke. Have you seen this guy? Everyone likes him because he's so natural and charming. <laughs> Is it possible to love two Rogue Squadron leaders at once? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I mean, like, I could almost understand it if they knew that he was, like, a Jedi. But he's not really yet, and he hasn't been all that involved in rebel activity for a long time. No, the rebels don't know that he's, like, like a big-ass Jedi force. now. Yeah, he's been off on Dagobah just dicking around with Yoda, and then and then he goes to Cloud City and loses a hand, and then after that he goes to lick his wounds on Tatooine for like six months. Yeah, there's, well, he's there's not, not really a, a lot of time where he's like, boy, I sure am part of this Rebel Alliance. I sure did join Rogue Squadron and earn all their trust. Yeah. It's, it's just weird. Anyway, he's in charge, and he's getting ready, and boy, is it just me, John, or is he like super bloodthirsty here? <laughs> like, he's like... Oh man, I can't wait to get out there. You know, there's we're going to be way outnumbered by tie fighters, but that's just more tie fighters to blow up. Oh yeah. There's well, nothing. Nothing in the universe quite like the feel of diving into mortal battle where I'm going to kill imperials. It's it's weird because I almost want to give credit here because uh Luke has this very big disconnect between there are pilots in here and I'm blowing up TIE fighters. Like, he seems to just think about it like TIE fighters or droids out there flying themselves. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a lot of... Con- it's like it's fine for him to be ultra evil and just snuff life out as much as he can as long as th- that life is, is safely locked away in a space plane. Yeah, as long as he can't see the dude that he is going to kill, he's fine with it. Yeah, but it just comes off like for a guy who spent like the past two years training on light side matters, for him to be like, yeah, let's kill a bunch of dudes. Well, I mean, he did blow up the Death Star. So that is that is a lot of people that he yeah, has murdered. Yeah, it's true. He, he's murdered like 80,000 people. But that was under Obi-Wan's tutelage and not under Yoda's. Well, yeah. 
but Obi- still. Obi-Wan is a petulant bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that in the way that he is like like weak or anything, but I mean, you've seen Ewan McGregor's performance. He is a petulant bitch. Not Ewan McGregor's great. I love him. I love his role in that. I love his his portrayal of Obi-Wan as kind of like I don't like this planet. It's too much <laughs> dirt on it. <laughs> I hate sand. I, that's where that's where Anakin got it. Oh, he's running off again. Ugh, that boy. <laughs> oh, but to watch him run. <laughs> That's just, I don't know, I, maybe it's just me that thinks that Obi-Wan is gay-coded in, in The Phantom Menace and so on. I think so that on. may just be you. Folks, let me know. Please tell me. As, as a big old bisexual dude who already had a crush on Ewan McGregor to begin with, am I projecting or does Obi-Wan play super gay throughout the course of the <laughs> the prequel? Let, uh, let, let us yeah, know. Yeah, he's gay for the Force. <laughs> he's gay for the Force, he's gay for Qui-Gon, and then later he's just gay. <laughs> just gay. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I felt a little something-something. I'm, I'm sure you did. He pinged my dar. So, uh, all right, moving on here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They lock turbo foils in attack position or whatever. Yeah, the uh, the X-Wings are, are X-Wings. Yep. Uh, the, the thing that drives me nuts about this whole thing is his plan is to take 12 X-Wings out of nowhere. Like, just, I mean, I know X-Wings have warp capability and all, but 12 X-Wings with no backup or other kind of support and go attacks to two Star Destroyers as a diversion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like either Star Destroyer captain, having earned the rank to be, you know, enough that they're commanding a, tr- a ship that has 6,000 people on it, would be like, oh, this is stupid. 12, this has got to be a diversion. Well, yeah, because, and they even mention it, uh, the weapon systems on an X-Wing are not enough that they're going to be able to do basically anything to a Star Destroyer. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like, don't even send the TIE Fighters out there. Those things are expensive. Let them plink their nonsense off our armor while turrets take pot shots at them. And in the meantime, scan the nearby planets and stuff to see what this is a diversion from. Oh, yeah. That- you'd definitely be like, uh, I want everybody on alert, though, in case another thing shows up. Yeah. But why would you scramble fighters when your ship is completely impregnable to these things? Yeah. Just shoot them down with your turbo laser turrets and check to see why they're here. Although, from the description of what happens when they're flying around the uh, the Star Destroyers, those turbo lasers cannot hit anything. Oh, no, they're, they're 100% useless. You've got that. That is true. Then again, that's because they're manned by stormtroopers. Well, they're also there to be like other large ship killers. That's what the TIE fighters are for, or to take out other fighters. True. Sir... This turbo laser isn't compatible with my prescription, sir. <laughs> sir, this turbo laser isn't USB compatible. <laughs> well, it's USB compatible, but I only have USB three. <laughs> sir, sir, this this turbo laser has a thunder cable. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, a lightning cable. I think it is right. That's the the iPod thing, the new iPod, whatever. The new iPod, whatever. <laughs> yes, it's the new turbo laser, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had an iPod for like ten years. Anyway, uh. <laughs> It's just kind of silly, but then again, I guess it kind of makes sense, because I feel like all the good, canny, like, starship captains and stuff have already been killed off by Vader. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's like, oh, I did a really good job, but I didn't quite finish whatever your thing was, he's like, well, you're dead. Yeah, crack. By this (laughs) point, we've just managed to promote up through the ranks so quickly that we've got some guy that should be like a private who's up there, and he's like, oh, oh, no, there's X-Wings, I guess. Scramble the TIE Fighters. Oh, God. That's Yep, I'm pretty sure that's who's in charge of this Star Destroyer. Yeah. It's him and the one Star Destroyer, and the other one's just another Stormtrooper. <laughs> no, it's just Grand, Grand Admiral Jenkins up there in that Star Destroyer, like, oh, God, I, I'm not sure about all this. I'm glad it's Grand Admiral Jenkins and not Grand Admiral Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> 
Ram them. Sir, they're, they're X-Wings. Ram them. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> Smash them up against the planet. Ramming speed. <laughs> Uh, uh, so while that's happening, the other thing is happening, which is uh, Dash. <laughs> the other thing. The other thing. Dash Rendar is flying his ultra cool spaceship, available in Target and Toys R Us, the Outrider, and le- leading the Millennium Falcon on a, a ridiculous low altitude kind of ride across the surface of the plant, the uh, forest moon of Jar. Yeah. So. They have to go in super low because there's great imperial sensors that are on the planet. Yeah. So they have to fly under it. And we get Rendar, who is just being a dickwad about it. Yeah, he's playing this sort of who can fly lower to these trees game of like space chicken. Yeah, so he, he goes low and they follow him low and then... If they ever have the like temerity to complain, like, dude, you are going really low. He's like, well, fuck you. I'll go lower. Yeah. Let's try to follow me now. Huh? Huh? And then it's like, for some reason, instead of going like, man, what a douche. By Lando's like, oh, well, I got, I got to go lower then. I got to follow him. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that uh, Dash Rendar, if you were to meet him, would be the sort of person that actively says, brah, like, brah, brah. Dude, come, bro, come on, bro, you can do this. Pledge. You go lower. You can go lower, bro. Lower, bro. Bro, come on, dude. Dude, push through it. Push through it, bro. <laughs> Rally. Rally, bro. <laughs> we got to do this, bro. This is how you get your nickname. This is how you get pledged. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be an Omega Chai or not, bro? Fly closer to the trees. All right. Good job. I'm going to call you Tree Hugger from now on, bro. <laughs> so, but... This is amazing because it's just the two of them kind of going mono on mono, like, let's get closer and closer to these fucking trees for no reason at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leia is, uh, the people on the Millennium Falcon include Chewie, who is speaking in what the book describes as a half-moan, half-gargle. <laughs> I like to think that of that as a, it's like a ghost with, like, mouth rinse going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jacob Morley with some Listerine is what's happening. <laughs> will be visited. Yeah, like that. That sounded kind of like a fish man, but still. Yeah, and uh, then he just spits it out and goes, oh, so sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I, Leia's in there going, oh, these boys. Yeah, once again, Leia is just completely like, oh, these men always competing. Gosh, so competitive. If this was a sisterhood, we'd be 15 feet higher in the air. Uh, but then again, that sure is a handsome Dash Rendar. Oh God, curling her hair around her finger, just uh, the Leia in these books, the worst. It's, it just never stops. No, but this is also a great scene because this is they're flying at six hundred miles an hour, three feet above a bunch of redwoods, towards a secret Imperial base where Boba Fett is currently set down. And for some reason, Lando decides that this is the perfect time to spin us a yarn. <laughs> It's like, well, I'm barely keeping her together and we're like centimeters away from these trees, but have you ever heard the tale of old Dash Rendar? Pull up a bean chair. Let me spin you yarn. The year was 2016. He's like putting a freaking flashlight up under his face. They say he haunts these outriders to this very day. (laughs) They say if on a cold night on this very forest, you can follow behind him in a stupid jet. (laughs) But no, he tells the same story that Shizor told earlier in a different chapter about how the emperor had some people killed for being mean. Yeah, it's, oh, this guy hit a building I like. Yeah. And then it, it turned out it wasn't just a building he liked. It was like a museum to the emperor, which 
God damn it. Come on, man. Yeah, that's not that. I mean, for a giant private museum for the emperor kind of makes sense. It makes a lot more sense for our emperor because, you know, with the emperor, the, the way I see him, that thing's mostly full of like air hockey tables. Oh, no, it's it's definitely just trophies of stuff. <laughs> He's like, this is where I came in third in my bowling league. <laughs> I like to bowl. <laughs> ah, yes, this is where I went and competed in a, a hacky sack tournament. <laughs> came in second. I'm part of the we call ourselves the seven ten skull splits <laughs> it's funny because it's sort of violent but also a play on words yes you see it's about bowling <laughs> would uh, you like to see my bowling shirt i always wear it under this robe thing also i've got a couple of sweet cars i'm working on none of them functional of course <laughs> All of them are on blocks here at my private museum. You know, people call it a museum, but I like to think of it as more of a hangout zone. This is my man cave, but I work on my Trans Am. It's a crash pad, really. Hey, pull up a beanbag chair. We'll play some Golden Eye. <laughs> no odd jobs. That shit's cheap. Uh, yeah, that's 100% what is in this museum for the emperor. <laughs> I've got two actual DDR machines in here. <laughs> Damn, that's impressive, Emperor. <laughs> so, okay. So, what the actual story of the Rendars is his brother, uh, I don't know, I, I'm going to call him Tyler Rendar. Dunk Rendar. <laughs> Mosey Rendar. <laughs> and the patriarch of this family, Dank Rendar. <laughs> so, so Amble Rendar was, was, fly, was flying his, uh, his, his space freighter and was leaving Coruscant when there was an accident on board his ship. It was just like an engine failure or something. Yeah. And he crashed the spaceship into the Emperor's private museum and died. Like, in the crash. And so did everyone else in the crash. And the Emperor petulantly decided to kick everyone from his family off of Coruscant. The Emperor did not order anyone killed. He was just like, get those people off my planet. They're totally hoshing my buzz, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They destroyed two air hockey tables and a ski ball set. I oh, got would you that. Look at this. I've got bong water all over everything now. This they've, is terrible. They've knocked the head off the gorilla in my original rock of fire explosion. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's a good cut right there, I like to think. Yeah. Some some showbiz pizza bear jokes. Yeah. So Every, everyone likes a little rock of fire. <laughs> so so and I like to think that the Emperor has an original one. Yeah. <laughs> the original. He has the prototype. <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, these are going to be super valuable. <laughs> But uh, he doesn't kill anybody. He just has them all banished from the core of uh, the universe or the galaxy, I guess. And that includes having Dash Rendar pulled out of military school at the Empire. Yeah, the, the same place that Han Solo's training. Yeah, the Karita Military Academy, and has them has him banished from the core worlds, where I guess you know only half military schooled, and in a fit of petulant rage, Dash Rendar became the world's greatest badass. Yeah, that's what happens to you. When something remotely untoward happens to this, a character in Star Wars, they become ultimate badasses. Yeah, so the idea being at this point, based on the descriptions of him that happened all the way throughout, because he's in a different ship, so we don't we don't go into the Outrider no, during we this. Don't, we don't get anything from Dash's point of view. Yeah, so what we basically get is Lando going like, this guy can fly anything around anything, and if you give him a blaster, he'll blast the bolt off a wing without scoring the paint. And then Chewbacca has to gargle something out where 3PO translates it as, I, uh, Master Chewbacca says that, that Master Rendar must have been born part bird based on his flight capabilities. 
Yeah. That's what Chewbacca fucking said. That's exactly what yeah. Chewbacca said. Yeah, that's what Chewbacca said over there. He was over there going like, oh, I'm so impressed by this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca's over there like, oh, this dude's part bird. And I think I think he just said this guy's part bird. And 3PO took it to meant because he flies well. And Chewbacca was like, no, dude, I'm saying he's part bird because he's he's a little brittle bitch and I could break him. <laughs> he's like a fucking peacock over there. He's, he's got at- hollow bones and I'm going to snap him. <laughs> Look at me fly, bra. Look at this thing. This thing's fucking cherry. Dude, have you seen see my puka shells my dad owns a dealership that's how i got this sweet ride it's the outrider man it's it's not even available this year it's the outrider xl full package i have to get i have to get it back to the dealership by march though (laughs) (laughs) technically i'm taking it on a test drive to cabo (laughs) that's okay that's dash rendar now yeah that's been decided fucking dash (laughs) fucking shitty piece of shit dash so he's basically just the world's most competent asshole. That's yes. that's what we established about Dash Rendar here. Uh, and then we cut back to Luke for about a paragraph. Wouldn't you know it? He's still he's up there fighting Tie Fighters now. Yeah. Every time we're going to cut back to Luke a few times, and he's basically just fighting Tie Fighters, and he's good at it. He's you can use ba- the Force, and good for him. Basically, every time we cut back to him, the level that he's fighting his way through gets a little harder. Oh yeah, like, he's like, he's on one of those endless wave yeah. uh, computer games where it starts out easy and then just gets progressively harder as he beats things. Because like in the third time we, we revisit him, it's it's Wedge going, "Oh no, Luke, there's Tie Interceptors now. Oh no, those are the scarier Tie Fighters now. A mini boss." <laughs> Well, uh, for some reason, this book purports that TIE Interceptors... I mean, I, they're a little scarier, but if you don't know TIE Fighters, uh, the ones with the flat wings are regular TIE Fighters, and those are pieces of shit. There's TIE Interceptors. Those are the ones with the curved wings with the long point coming out of the front, and those have shields, and they're a little better than TIE Fighters. Yeah. Then you've got the ones that are curved, but no point coming out of the front, and that's Vader's personal TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. And then finally, curve, no point, two holes in the middle. Those are TIE Bombers. Yeah. Now... The TIE Interceptor is supposed to be like a fast re- like response air- ship. It's supposed to fly out and shoot at bombers and large ships and so on. But in the Star Wars universe, it might as well be just better TIE Fighter. Yeah. That's like all it is. So it's like, oh no, scary TIE Fighters. It's a TIE Fighter. It's going to take four shots instead of two. <laughs> you have to get around these ones and shoot them in their weak point. You can see it because it's flashing. There's a little red flashing thing underneath each TIE Interceptor. you got to shoot them there. That's the only way to get them. Get them. But they're worth 50 points. <laughs> Especially that one. It's flown by a pregnant woman. <laughs> Sir, it was a surprise. Sir. All right. So meanwhile, this is this is my favorite part. Well, it's everyone's favorite part. Because we get to visit Prince Shizor. Finally, finally, we get to come back to Prince Shizor. He is... The start of Chapter 8. He is gold. I fucking love... I've tur- I've come around to the point where, yes, everything about him is horribly written and it's just awful, but now I love it. I don't care. I love him for the same reason I loved the Iron Sheik in, like, 1988. <laughs> that he's awful? Yeah, he's, like, an extremely poorly written bad guy, but you still love how bad he is. <laughs> so, Prince Shizor is... God, this is hard to even say what he's doing here. He Prince is, Shizor has just left his lover's house. Yeah, he's doing a walk of shame from his mistress's mansion that he bought her. Yeah. And... While he's leaving, and, oh, of course, it has to be described that she was some sort of exotic beauty who knows all kinds of pleasures of the flesh. Of course. I'd like to know, at a certain rank of unbelievable rich and powerful, like, how does the sex get that much better? Like, <laughs> like what, what, do you think, what do you think she's doing that's, that 
a regular lady that you met in a regular restaurant can't do. Oh, she was exotic and knew the pleasures of the flesh. She put a finger in my bum. I kind of that's like the best you can do, right? I mean, there's only so exotic sex can get. She she ate the booty like groceries. <laughs> She used syrup and not jelly. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> because, like, uh, ultimately, you're in, you exist in the same area as someone else, and moisture touches happen. There's there's only so much orgasm you can have. But, only so many but orgasms. Every time he's describing it, it's like, yes, she knew things that no one could possibly know about boning. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not that complicated, really. Well, that's, I mean, that but that's just how into, romance novels work. I was going to say, no, it really just ties into what she's or is, which is some power-tripping virgin's idea of what a badass is. She let me do all kinds of moves that no one actually does. Oh, she, she was a freak. She touched my pee-pee. She gave me a blumpkin, and then we space-docked for a while. I think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, Shizor is definitely the kid on your, your playground who's like, oh, I've had sex. Oh, so many times. I had 13 orgasms. <laughs> boobs feel like they're full of sand it's amazing so this isn't even enough for shizor because as he's walking away he says he thinks to himself i'm sorry i've grown bored with this particular girlfriend i'll have guri break up with her and then if she tries to contact me again we'll deal with it because i don't date anyone for more than a month or so that's my guide to teenage popularity yeah Shizor is like oh i can't i can't possibly hang out with some woman for more than like a month then i will get bored and i it's so easy for me prince Shizor, to get a lady that there's no reason for me to keep seeing the same lady so again we're still diving into that adolescent power fantasy thing where he's just like i only date a girl for a month or so and then i break up with her via my text message robot yeah i have a text message robot that is also a sex bot that is also an assassin. <laughs> and I have her break up with someone for me. Because the, I, the, the pleasures of the flesh are pale before the pleasure of dodging adulthood. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at it like, okay, this is supposed to be like, oh, she's or you, you love them and leave them. But I'm like, dude, you bought a mansion for this woman. And you basically sound like you're giving each of your exes like a pension. Yeah. It was like, oh, here is a parting gift for you. I've got you a year's supply of turtle wax. Yes, and a house to live in and a nice card. I'm thinking, so basically, you're just going through the galaxy raising the prices on prostitutes, aren't you? That's all you're doing. Like, because every one of them is going to be like, well, my next job better pay this good. Well, I mean, if he finds anyone who's like, I'm super sexy, then... I can't imagine that anyone past the first few would give a shit because they're like, oh, I understand. I get his MO. His MO is you find someone, you fuck him for a while, and then you get a shit ton of stuff. Like, that's a great deal. Yeah. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. I'd take some Shizor action for that. Although I'd call him Shizor. <laughs> Shizor. <laughs> so, anyway, he's leaving, and oh boy, he, he gets into his stupid spaceship. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a car. I'm sorry. His he, space car. He gets in a hover car. God, this is li literally the most adolescent power fantasy shit. He it, it's, uh, it, it. There's also the part about how another lady 
who he dated for a while, does try to reach out and contact him for more sex because he was so good at it. You haven't heard of her, though, because she's a model. She lives in the Canada part of Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. And because some lady wanted me so bad, she was like, give me your dongus, she's or, and I had her killed. I'll let you do it anal style, she said to me. She said that like five times. Uh. And then later she said, you gave me a butt orgasm. <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, he has this girl killed because she was like walled oh, I, up in a building. Yeah, I, I tried to contact you and then she just gets mixed into the cement for a building, which what I, the fuck? What is happening with Prince Shizor? He's it's like a 10 year old comes by and writes his scenes. Yeah, uh, it's like even as bad as Vader's internal monologue is, it's still miles above Shizor's. So the next thing that happens is Shizor gets in his hover car and he says, tonight we will dine at Menorai, my favorite restaurant. Oh, Menorai. Menorai is a restaurant that overlooks the only bare piece of like uncovered earth on Coruscant, which is a mountain and they like stop visitors from coming by to get rocks because the entire planet is just city. Yeah, everything else is city. So there's this one mountain on the whole planet that you can look at that's nature. And Menorai is a super expensive restaurant that overlooks the mountain. Yeah, and so you get a view of the mountain and it has the most amazing cuisine, the best anywhere. And it's described as one of those restaurants where like even the most powerful have to wait months in advance for a seat or a table. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those things where like, oh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you try to eat at Menorai, then oh, you'll be denied if you aren't in the highest of the high clubs. Ah, Meta D's mustache is snow so snooty he can cut paper with it. Uh <laughs> Patrick Bateman tried to get in there, but he couldn't, so he went to Dorzia. <laughs> Ferris Bueller got in, but only by claiming to be the sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> Later, I had him flayed. Uh, yeah, it is, it is one of those ridiculous restaurants where it's like, they serve everything and everything is amazing. Yes, the emperor would have to wait three months to get a table and it would be near the bathroom. <laughs> Like the emperor would go to fucking Menorai anyway. Uh, yeah, no, the, the emperor's It's pretty going, close to a Hooters. Yeah, it's like, the emperor's <laughs> definitely going to Hooters. He's, he's like, I can't see the mountain, but I can see those mountains. Hey! Hey! Bring us over another basket of wings. <laughs> uh, my emperor's turning into Zorak. I gotta work on that. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> so... Anyway, he he, he waxes rhapsodic about how amazing and exclusive Menorai is for quite a long time, and how he's powerful enough that whenever he goes to Menorai, there's a private table ready for him. There's there's always a table set aside, whether he's going to go there or not. There's a special booth just for Shizor. There's a private Shizor booth. Well, this sounds... That's a great job. They did a good job setting up exactly how powerful he is, that he always has a booth reserved. Oh, man, as far as space mafia guys go, he is the space mafiaist. Oh, yeah. But then he undercuts it. Because he owns the restaurant, yeah, so he, who gives a shit? He then goes like, oh, I love it so much, I bought the restaurant, it's my restaurant, and... Uh, I can sit at the restaurant whenever I want, because it's my restaurant, it and, has nothing to do with my power. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so the fact that there is always a table reserved for you is less because you're an amazing badass, more because... You wrote the corporate you, policy? <laughs> yeah, you're the guy who says, hey, uh, I'm management, and nobody gets to sit at this booth but me. And if anyone does, you're fired. What is happening? This turns him into the sort of guy who like inherited a Chili's from his dad and eats there for free all the time. And while he's there, he's breaking up with his girlfriend via text message. <laughs> 
Yeah, this guy is the worst. Would you like to dine with me at my chilies that I own? I eat for free there. <laughs> I'm also a part-time shareholder at a Carl's Jr. <laughs> I can get you a discount. 20% off a bacon western cheeseburger. The most exotic of western bacons are used. <laughs> Each is a pig that was alive light years from here before the moment of its killing. Uh, yeah, his his going on about the type of food that is there oh, is yeah. great. I have, uh, <laughs> I have so many notes on the restaurant and, and his food order. Uh, there are four things on his menu that he thinks about, because while he's flying there, he's thinking about what he'll eat when he gets there. Oh, and, gosh, and, what and, should I have? And yes, folks, I'm not joking. This, this is like... 10 pages worth of material that's just him waxing rhapsodic about how great this restaurant is and considering his food options. He's like, oh, well, I could have the fleek eels. Which is the second time he's mentioned fleek eels. Yeah. Those eels are totally on fleek. I'd need my eels on fleek. I mean, granted, that joke is about 10 years Eh. to come, but still. uh, The fleek eel, which is uh, apparently boiled alive in pepper oil. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's sort of exciting. Uh, you can also get the stuffed yam and plicto steak. Oh boy, plicto! I'm gonna say here that that sounds like the least sexy of the food options. Stuffed yam seems like the sort of thing you'd see on Thanksgiving in on Pinterest. <laughs> like, oh, I made a very special stuffed yam at home, and when you try to make it, it's gonna come out like ass on crap. <laughs> and then plicto. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it exactly. That's all stuffed. Yam. Stuffed yam doesn't sound exciting to me. It's a it's a potato stuffed with things. Who cares? Well, again, it's it's that shit that's like, what is this? It's the Star Wars universe, and we have stuffed yams. Okay, oh, oh, all right, sure. Are they stuffed with mini marshmallows? Because I guess I'd be into that. Oh, I'd be one. If you made me basically a baked potato, but it was a yam and the filling was marshmallows, I'm on board. Yeah, I yeah. am. On board. I'm on board like white on marshmallows. I'm completely with you. <laughs> I'm there for this. Plicto, on the other hand, a Plicto steak. I don't. The steak I set aside, but Plicto sounds like an unpopular 1960s board game. <laughs> I was about to say, that sounds like some shit you play on The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> Flip a coin into a bucket, and if you land more than 50 cents, you win Plicto. <laughs> That's Plicto. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. Ah, uh, Plicto. <laughs> so, so Plicto steak. Uh, you also have giant Ithorian land snail. Mm. I, feel I wonder like- how giant giant is. Are we talking like three times bigger than your average snail, or is it like dog-sized snail? <laughs> I like to think it's like house-sized snail. But then the problem with that is it's going to be all kinds of tough meat. <laughs> maybe it's just Ithorian. Maybe. Like, maybe that's their way of selling it in his super fancy restaurant without letting people know that you're eating, like, a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's Ithorians are those hammerhead snail-looking dudes to begin yeah. with. So, that, I mean, literally, that's basically for that plant. That's like ordering ape, oh, man, like for well, humans. Man, that I, I just imagine them walking them. Now it actually is like having a dog. Because I imagine those guys walking land snails. Okay, so that's what they are. The giant Ithorian land snail is a, a, a team of mercenaries flies to Ithoria, or however you pronounce their... Ithor, maybe? Who knows? Uh-huh. You fly to their planet, and you uh, you just take like pet dogs away from children Ithorians. Oh, they just they just go to the uh, the pound. No, 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 not good enough. It has to be taken cruelly to improve. Well, to, for Shizor, yes, for, for Shizor, yes. I, I, and also like a quick time video of it being taken away from a crying child. I would like it seasoned with the child's tears. <laughs> Have the child brought to me by fastest ship. <laughs> <laughs> to cry on my my land snail. And then his last option is yet another land thing. It's the Kashiak land shrimp. Mm, which, again, the size of the shrimp was of interest to me because a shrimp looks 
like freaky deaky when it's still alive yeah they're basically a, a swiss army knife of little arms and legs and stuff they're and, not and i was like oh man if there's like a giant fucking like bear-sized shrimp walking around on the on the floor <laughs> of kashik that is creepy as fuck well it's, it makes perfect sense because at this point in the expanded universe this is way before revenge of the sith actually put kashik on the tv screens uh Everyone thought Kashiak was just five mile high trees and the Wookiees all lived at like mile four and the ground was like a deep mist that you don't venture into. <laughs> and the ground was lava. <laughs> the ground was hot lava. Don't touch it. I can touch it because I'm Shizor. Shizor touches lava. I have a full shield that protects me from heat. <laughs> yeah. I'm invincible. Your shots don't matter. Uh, I'm always touching home base. <laughs> I am home base. You must touch Shizor. <laughs> On his wiener. Ah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Kashiak Land Shrimp is the last option. And the only reason I really want to talk about them is because after he finishes describing the four menu options, he goes, actually, I'll decide when I get there. I won't be rigorously controlled. I'll allow myself a brief moment of spontaneity. Won't I be naughty? Oh, oh, I'm so naughty. Again, okay, this is... What every single time that we've met, we've mentioned Shizor, he allows himself to do something naughty instead of his usual rigorous control. Yeah, every time he talks about himself, he's like, "Oh, I'm always in control, and I'm I always am meticulously planned to the to the very detail." But this once, I'll allow myself to do something else. He's some lady getting thrifty ice cream. Oh yeah, I've been so good. I had a salad for lunch, and oh. I think I should treat myself. I deserve, treat yourself. That's that's what I had printed on all of the Black Sun stationery. Yeah, he's he is just walking around in a crop top that says "Treat yourself." That is that's Shizor. I think we have him established now. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of Shizor. I'm sa- I'm sorry to say we won't be revisiting him. No, not for these. Chapters. Not this episode. I, my apologies about that. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, I, oh God, this is this is how I picture Shizor at this is him sitting in his stupid restaurant acting all smug because he got a table even though he owns the table yeah and uh, and giving over complicated instructions about what he wants a waiter to do for him oh of course <laughs> here's what I want I want the fleek eel to be casting its eyes about in terror in every direction before it touches the pepper oil make sure it's doing that you want to salt the fried fleek eel to perfection check and then double check the salt have ketchup brought to me by fastest ship <laughs> from one of those Star Warsy planets that you don't really know what's going on there but you know it's a planet like Dantooine or Kessel also, freshen these chips. She's our only tastes of the first bite of each succulent basket of chips, and then discards the rest. As the chips cool, so does my lizard blood. <laughs> also, another pink lemonade, please. <laughs> more strawberry lemonade. More chunks of strawberries in this one, for she's or who is mighty. <laughs> that's that's perfect. She's or owner of a red robin. <laughs> Are these fries truly bottomless? I shall find out today, for it has been a tough week, and I deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so meanwhile, Luke is fighting TIE Fighters. He's still doing it. And I want to go ahead and give some credit to Steve Perry on this one. His descriptions of the TIE Fighter X-Wing fights and Luke using the Force and flying around, I was like, this is... The story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the best writing mm-hmm. in the book that we've hit so far. Yeah. It's 
actually has him being competent, but it's cool descriptions of tie fighting. Yeah, you know, he's like, oh, this is great. My the dog fighting between the various X wing tie fighter things are good. Yeah. Uh, Granted, it's only Luke being a badass uh, uh, X wing pilot. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we get some like, hey, there's a whatever behind you. Thanks for helping me. Like, yeah, you get some of that standard chatter. You also get introduced to one guy with a name other than Wedge and Luke. Oh, you get you get a couple because he's like, this guy's Wes and this dude's Dicks. Yeah, you get to meet Dicks. And Dix is the one who's going to die. <laughs> Dix isn't going to die. Yeah, he does. He gets blowed up. Oh, yeah. Dix gets blows up. It's Wes who gets uh, sent home because sent he home. takes a hit. Yeah. yeah. Dix dies. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, we blew up the Dix. I thought these were pretty good descriptions of TIE fighting. Like, to finally throw this book a little bone of some credit, the one thing I thought was interesting here that, to make fun of effectively is that he seems to have a tough time coming up with non-sexual ways to describe X-Wing lasers firing. Well, it's really hard to just be like, and then a ship fired lasers, and I fired lasers back. You could do things like, you know, lasers raked across the surface. And, and, Which he and, does. He does do that. There's a little bit, but there's a lot of spewed hard energy. Yeah. there's Spat a- hot white fire. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a lot of guzzled cum. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Luke's X-Wing banked hard to the right, and he forced the TIE fighter in front of him to swallow his hot, white load. That's a lot of that. Of, of lasers. Of lasers. A hot, white load of lasers. <laughs> Later, the TIE fighter got pregnant. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just saying, there's a lot of times where Luke spews hot, ener- hard energy. Yeah. It just seems like he's charging up a lot of TIE fighter J.O. crystals, if you, know what I'm, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I think you do. Uh, but uh, but no, it's 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 fairly competently written, and eventually, at a certain just sort of I guess pre agreed upon point, they bug out and leave the the star destroyers and go back home. Yeah, well, they uh, he's basically looking at R two and be like, okay, how much time would it take for them to reach? Slave one, because that's pretty much all we're here for. Yeah, and let's do their two stories separately because the book intertwines them. Yeah, so the the rest of the story is when they go to bug out. Suddenly, I think it's someone else's. I can't remember the character's name, but someone's X wing freaks out and starts shooting at Luke. Yeah, let's just call him. Uh, I don't know, Mobson. Yeah. So so Mobson's all kinds of terrified because Mobson's not a very funny name. Bubsy. Right? Bubsy. So Bubsy the Bobcat is why not? He's a space bobcat. His Who species cares? is the cat Ians. Yeah, he's There's from like five cat races. He's from Bobcatia. <laughs> he's from Bobcatia. Bubsy of Bobcatia. Yeah. <laughs> and he's super mad because earlier Gex died. Oh man. And he's he's just really hoping he can get back to, to Bobcatia so he can present himself to the mayor, Goldthwaite. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I'm on board. I, had to, I had to get there somehow. I'm on board with your joke. <laughs> also, Larvel Jones is there. These uh. are some jokes about Police Academy characters. <laughs> Mahoney. Anyway, moving on. Um, this dude's X-Wing takes its, like, the, the astromech droid takes over the X-Wing and starts chasing after Luke and shooting at him. And wouldn't you know it, X-Wings piloted by astromechs are apparently really scary and very dangerous. Now... That's where I got into some weird questions, because, one, that's weird that Astromechs could just straight up, like, possess an X-Wing. Every time they introduce a new piece of interesting information about technology in the Star Wars universe in this book, it renders humans useless again. Yeah. Like, if Astromechs are excellent pilots, why are you bothering strapping humans into those ships? Yeah, I mean... Humans are very fragile. Luke, who is an excellent pilot and has access to the Force spends much of the time that this X-Wing is fighting him just 
being freaked out yeah. and be like, oh shit, he's going to shoot me. Ah. Now, granted, it's because he's like, I can't shoot back and kill him mm-hmm. because it's just an innocent pilot. So I'm trying my best to not kill this guy when his astromech is all fucked up. Yeah. But still, like, the fact that some random astromech that hasn't even been particularly like, oh, yeah, we've built an astromech specifically to fly, fly an X-Wing. They don't even give it a name. No, it's, it's just an R2 unit. Yeah, it's probably, it is an R2 unit, cause, which is interesting, because a lot of the uh, the astromechs aren't R2 units. No, they're donks. They're, they're either, well, they're R5s. <laughs> R5s tend to be more common than R2s in terms of astromechs. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, this apparently very competent, but only known as R2 droid, starts just straight up giving Ru- Luke a good old run for his money. Yeah, and... You know, you look at that and you go, okay, so, again, you don't need a lot of pilots yeah. to do this. You just need the X-Wings, and still, I, also, don't, I don't understand how they t- would allow an, an astromech droid to be able to do this. Well, also, how come the pilot doesn't have any kind of manual overrides for an astromech? That's astro- what I'm saying. That's, that's the why big thing. Why is an astromech able to go, I control this now, and you can't go shut off astromech? Yeah, why isn't there a button on your ship that's like, my astromech droid went all buggy. Let's just launch the little spring and that cylinder he's sitting in, so we just... <laughs> goes flying off into space. I'd want that button anyway just to fuck with him. <laughs> Beep boop, motherfucker. <laughs> Granted, there has to be that button because how else do you get him out of the out of the uh, the, the cylinder those thing? Those cranes. Well, okay, sure, but R2 gets out of his little hole on uh, on on uh, Dagobah without a crane. Well, yeah, but that's because he can fly. <laughs> R2 can fly, but only with his little side jets deployed <laughs> and th- those won't fit in the cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> So that means that there's got to be some kind of spring load mechanism that just launches your droid if you need to. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your last weapon if everything else is done. <laughs> you you shoot just your point droid. your astromech droid and shoot him out. <laughs> That's, I'm, I have to imagine there was an X-Wing toy that had astromech launching action. I had mine built with a suction top. <laughs> that way I can stick it to the windshield of a passing Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got an R2 unit dangling its legs as its suction cup to the windshield. The captain's of- all like, like, uh, don't worry, it'll fall off in approximately 15 seconds. <laughs> just sitting there slowly watching the plastic like... <laughs> plop. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he, so basically, this is a hair-raising fight sequence where Luke has to shoot the uh, the because he has to fighter. disable the yeah. the X-wing instead of kill the guy. So he shoots off its engines and then he shoots off its guns. Yeah, and then they drag it back to the to the secret asteroid base where they're where Which they're supposed to hold up. You can tractor someone and go hyperspeed at the same time. I guess so. Yeah, because that's what they do. They have to because otherwise those star destroyers would just follow and blow up their asteroid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can tractor someone into hyperspace. Weird, but uh, okay. Sure, why not? Who Again, cares? great information oh, about the, how the tech oh, works. Also impressive that X-Wings have tractor beams on them. Yep. Just, he was just like, hey, Wedge, go ahead and tractor up on that guy. And you're like, what, really? Yeah, if, you know, if tractor beams are common on X-Wings, then I'd be even more inclined to launch my astromech droid into space for fun. <laughs> <laughs> just drag him along and be like, look, I'm going to go <laughs> into light speed, and I want you to be dragged along, and just tell me what you see. Try and do a jump. <laughs> Come on, flip. <laughs> Do a flip. Come on, it's tricky. <laughs> so, anyway, th- when they get back, they the first thing they establish is that the com- the comm system is down, so they can't communicate with the Millennium Falcon, or specifically no, the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon can't communicate. Com- comm system is down, so they can't reach them. Also, Dash Rendar is there, and that's pretty much a great time for us to jump storylines and explain what's happening because the moment they get close to the enemy base, yeah, it's oh man, there's Slave One. I can see it, and this is hold on. Before they do that, they're flying through a canyon, uh-huh. and Dash Rendar gets another moment where he 
just about gets the Millennium Falcon and everyone inside destroyed because they're going through the canyon, they're going through, and he's like, all right, and let's pull up. And he pulls up, and like right in front of them is the end of the canyon and a solid cliff wall. Mm -hmm. And Lando, it says, is centimeters away from hitting it as he does a ridiculous hard pull up, which I'm like, Oh, you right. Know, no doubt that knocked off that satellite dish that just seems to get knocked off every time the the uh, Falcon goes in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the one story of, those, of a girl. This is one of those points where you look at it and you go, so if Lando was a second slower, they would all be dead and Dash Rendar would get nothing. Yeah. And he's just like, ha ha. He probably got paid in advance. <laughs> asshole. So he's like, ha ha. You guys should have known there was a cliff face there. Ha. Bra, <laughs> bra! Come on, dude. It was just a prank. You got to rip a social experiment. You got to rip that curl, bra. You got to be ready to ride the wave, dude. I don't know why you're angry. You didn't die or nothing, bra. <laughs> so, anyway, the moment they get close to the the Imperial base, Rendar just pulls up and goes away. Yeah, they see Slave One as soon as it comes into view. Of course, also a bunch of Tie Fighters start trying to come after them, but they see Slave One and they're like, "There it is!" And Rendar's like, "Bye." Yeah, basically, he's like, well, the contract you guys wrote, bro, didn't didn't mention I have to fight with you, only that I have to guide you here. There it is. I guided you. Fucking job done. Time to go home and crack some Bruce. <laughs> so he fucking leaves. And here's the funny thing is, they have comms at this point, because they can still talk to him about it, and at no point do they go, all right, how much to stay here and fight? No, they're, they're never like, dude, we will pay you just to help us get there. Yeah. They're like... Oh, you Dash. Oh, that Dash Rendar. None of us have heard of space credit cards. Yeah. I Also, this is the... the no. <laughs> I, I kept going. No pause. This is Princess Leia and Lando Calrissian and Chewie and all them. And they're on there. They're high up in the uh, Rebel Alliance. Mm -hmm. The These people have a lot of sway. And if you're just like, nah, fuck it. Bye. How are you getting work Exactly. Anymore? The moment he flies away, he's like, I don't want to work ever again. For the, for the, I hate the Empire. I, I'm, I have a high standard of living. Only the rebels will pay me. I better piss them off royally. Yeah, I had better just fuck them over as hard as I possibly can with the shittiest GM wish spell word twisting. I better kill three of their GMs because I, or, or their uh, generals because I am going to act like a genie. Yeah. Oh, you only said guide you. You didn't say I had to stick around. Oh, you didn't stipulate the contract. By the way, the credits you owe me are worth 10 credits each. I put that in my half of the contract, brah. Meh. They're special credits. <laughs> it's so awful. What is he doing? Especially, this is character assassination for a character we met two chapters ago. Because in the first chapter, he's like, yeah, I stayed on, on Hoth and helped you, helped you guys fight off uh, AT-ATs because it was the right thing to do and because I was already there. Yeah, and he's like, well, I had to leave because I had a shipment to do, but everyone else was leaving as well, and you also had this entire backstory of, dude, he hates the Empire. Yeah. Like, there was like straight a up hates them. Yeah, there was like a pilot shortage, so he jumps in a snowspeeder and helps save the day, and then the very first time he actually does anything in this book, he's like, nope, sorry, bro, I gotta go. I have the opportunity to take on some TIE fighters and kill some Empire dudes who I hate. However, it's more important to me that I be smug. Yeah. So he flies back on up to the the asteroid where he is met by Luke, who is obviously very pissed about this. Yeah, he almost like succumbs to the dark side because he is that pissed off. Well, yeah, because he can't get Lando and Leia on the comm. 
He's like, my best friends probably just died because you had a smug logic point to prove. Yeah, you had to go ahead and say, oop, letter of the law, and leave, you huge douche. Yeah, and he's like, I don't even understand why you're mad, bro. I did exactly what I was supposed to. They said, guide, I guided, whatever, bro. Peace, dude. I'm going to go play Goldeneye with the Emperor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) do a couple of bong rips and play DDR. (laughs) Have you been to his private museum? We call it the Casa de Emperor. <laughs> There's always tequizas in the fridge, brah. Oh, no. It's got to be the Casa de Sheev. <laughs> the Casa de Sheev. <laughs> Come on in. Have a tequiza. Come into Casa Sheev. <laughs> Me lair, you lair, bro. <laughs> oh, God. And so the... Uh, uh, Lando has Chewie and Leia trying to shoot down some TIE fighters, and eventually Slave One takes off, and they can't follow it because all of these TIE fighters are stopping them. And Leia's real petulant about it. Oh, she's like, no, we have to go after them. Mm. And he's like, there is a solid wall of TIE... This is Lando. I, I can't. There is a solid wall of TIE fighters between us and that. If we try and follow them, we will literally die for no reason. <laughs> and if we don't go after them, I won't have a date for space prom. Come on, Dad. Uh, oh, you never let me do anything. Uh, I hate this rebellion. I wish I was never born into it. I'm going to sneak out of my room tonight and go to Casa Sheev. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's... They'll let me in if I show my boobs. Like, I, I understand the whole, oh, no, it's getting away. But then the fact that she's like, no, Lando, no, we're going to follow it. He's like, no, we're not. You're an idiot. So they they get back up to the base, and the, the chapter ends, and our story for the week ends with a, a, a ship's ground technician crew member pointing a gun at, at Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because... Uh, what happened was, uh, the astromech droid had apparently been programmed to take over. It wasn't a malfunction. Someone was trying to kill him. And so he says to the chief engineer, like, watch this droid. Don't let anyone touch it. Cause he's going to go find out what's going on with Rendar. And, and instead- when he comes back, the droid's been destroyed and the chief engineer has a gun pointed right at him. Yeah. So there you go. That's the end of the big story this time. I assume that she's probably some sort of fanatical devotee of someone or other. Well, I assume she's one of the assassins she's always sent. She has to be, because she has to be willing to die, because she's pointing a gun at Luke Skywalker on a tiny asteroid base. Yeah. Where's she going to go after she kills Luke Skywalker? I it's. I understand that she's always like, I got to get these assassins, and I'm going to pay a lot of money and whatever, but to... to Hire an assassin that's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. My first plan didn't work out, but I'm still trusted as the chief engineer here. So instead of, say, sabotaging Luke's X-Wing the next time he goes out, I will instead pull a blaster and even if I kill him, definitely be killed. Yeah, that's anyway, we'll see at the start of chapter 10. Oh, boy. Just I, you can't wait for it. We got a cliffhanger ending on this one. <laughs> Oh, man. Will Luke die? Obviously. I mean, he starts out dead at the start of Return of the Jedi, right? It, yeah, that's that's what it is, right? There's that big funeral for him? Yeah, he dies and then comes back to life over the course of this book. Meanwhile, Han is falling in and out of various <laughs> carbonite freezing chambers. He's, he's basically got that uh, sideshow Bob with the rakes thing going on. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, God. Uh, <sighs> he's just stumbling around. I'm blind from the carbonite poisoning. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> This is the ring of carbonite freezing stations. 
Just stumbling out of one and into another. <laughs> Ooh, let's hope he gets in a funny pose this time. <laughs> uh, all right, well, there you go. That was chapters seven through nine of there, Shadows of the Empire. There you have it, Expounded folks. Expounded Universe Episode 3, Rendar Unto Shizor. What is Shizor's? <laughs> Uh, so we will uh we will definitely be back with the next chapters the chief with the golden gun (laughs) you are all about this fucking golden eye shit i am it's all golden eye week this time yeah i've never even played golden eye i just got jokes oh that's sad golden eye was fucking great i've heard it was amazing i did not have an n64 it was it's like the one system i never had oh you do that all slaps level that's the best (laughs) you just run around everyone slapping each other i'm going to slap you That's it. I've set the the stage to damn level all slaps. Come here, Rendar. <laughs> I'm going to give you such a slapping. Oh, oh, here we go. Judo, judo. <laughs> By the way, I had special tortilla chip hats made for everyone who's a member of the special Casa de Sheev Club. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Vader. Uh, He'll just stand outside and look all puppy dog about it. My master. What are you doing with that hat on you? Oh, nothing, nothing, Vader. Uh, it's uh, look. It looks like the comms breaking up. Uh, gotta go. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for cheese. <laughs> Folks, thanks so much for listening to Expounded Universe. Uh, we still don't have a good pithy thing to say at the end of these, do we, John? Nope, but by God, uh, we will be back. You can, of course, support all of our other things if you would like. You can... Patreon.com slash System Mastery. You can support us monetarily, or you can just support listening to all of our other things, or you can support us by giving us a review on, oh, yeah, uh, iTunes, on iTunes and Stitcher. And Stitcher. And so Give us a five-star review. Let everyone know how awesome we are at, at doing stupid readings of books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very slow readings of old Star Wars novels, a specialty. Yeah. So they'll do that. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash system mastery if you want to give us money, uh, system mastery podcast.com or just system mastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, or Reddit if you don't want to give us money but you still want to talk to us and get our shows and tell us how great we are. Yeah. Those- if all you want to do is tell us how great we are, do that. If you don't, however, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to tell us how terrible we are, uh, we are the One Shot Podcast. We are at One Shot Podcast. Yeah. Go ahead and contact us there on Twitter. <laughs> tell us, us how terrible we are. Yeah. Also, how, how we don't know anything about Star Wars. Be sure to mention that. <laughs> we know nothing about Star Wars whatsoever. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, thanks so much for listening, folks. And uh, I guess may the force be. No, I don't want to do that. That's a terrible ending. Uh, may, no. may us be. <laughs> With you. We need, uh, let's see. Let's get a Star Wars quote for the end of these. Uh, sand is rough and coarse and it gets everywhere. I, uh, and I slaughter them like animals. I'm Shizor. <laughs> hey. You don't want to sell me some death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. No, I don't. Fuck you, buddy. I want to sell death sticks. Death sticks are the best. Have I, you tried one of these? I'm Elan Sleazebagano and I love death sticks. <laughs> There we go. That's our ending. I'm Elan Sleaze Bagano, and I love death sticks.